This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're joined by a special guest because we're discussing... Wait, you've never seen King Kong? I know. How have you not seen King Kong? Our special guest tonight has been with us before for 2001 A Space Odyssey and the founder of the Infinite Diversity Podcast Network. Hello, Rick. Ooga Booga Mooga Kong! (laughs) (laughs) Hi, (laughs) y'all. Hey there. So... Up front, let's get the trigger warnings out of the way. So much racism, so oh, much God. sexism. Oh, we'll talk about that later, Cringy. but it's it's racism-y and sexism-y. <laughs> but before we get to that, <laughs> so Shane, tell me three things you expected from this movie. Number one, I decided, well, the... the I know that he climbs the Empire State Building, so I go, okay, it's set in New York, but they filmed nothing there. <laughs> Number two, I expected to see Great Chiaroscuro. That's how you say that? The, the turning of black and white, the shadow and light over objects. Evidently, the makers of The Nightmare Before Christmas sat together and watched King Kong before they started um, filming because they wanted to match the kind of lighting they saw in... Um, King Kong. So I guess I'm cheating. And Nightmare Before Christmas is one of your favorite movies. It is, in fact, one of my favorite movies. And thirdly, I expect no. If I expected bad storytelling in, involving an invasive species. Well, it is from 1933, <laughs> and white people typically are invasive species. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it it kind of sounds like you didn't expect to like it. Well, okay, so I gave it, I, I'm giving it 3.5 stars, because it's a classic movie, but it is from 1933, so it's hard to tell if it's going to be, list, if it's going to be like listening to Beethoven or Bach, which is, you know, classical music, but it's enjoyable, or if it's like listening to The Rite of Spring by uh, Stravinsky. <laughs> I actually sat through that whole stupid ballet performance. <laughs> Oh, it's miserable. And those, oh, those poor dancers for like an, an, like 90 minutes or whatever. So everyone, everyone was miserable there, but nobody wanted to talk about it. Anyway. I feel like you have some pent-up anger. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought it might feel a little bit like homework. Um, so what was your one-sentence TV guide summary? A species of giant apes, lost to time on an island in the South Pacific, gets introduced to modern humans, and it goes badly. Wow, that's surprisingly accurate. Ish. Almost, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to not know what this movie's going to be about. (laughs) Like, I haven't seen it, but obviously, I I love special effects, and everyone, like, dotes over Harryhausen... So, King Kong is from 1933, as we've mentioned. It's not rated, it just says past. And it's an hour and 40 minutes adventure, horror, 
sci-fi. And it mm. says, a film crew goes to a tropical island for an exotic location shoot and discovers a colossal ape who takes a shine to their female blonde star. He is then captured and brought back to New York City for public exhibition. Yeah, I did. that was actually a surprise that it was about, essentially, it was, the, it was a meta sort of situation, a movie about making a movie. Yes. That's a much more accurate description than most IMDb summaries. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So after we watched it. Yes. Has your opinion changed? Did it meet your expectations? So it kind of, it kind of met my expectations. There was great, there was in fact great use of black and white in, you know, a dramatic way. Um, the, it did, it did. So I gave it three stars because it did feel just a little bit like homework. The, the stop motion effects were delightful, but they just they didn't move the story along. I mean, I which I think is I know it's unfair because it's 1933 and we sure. haven't we're just inventing the big special effects movie. So, Rick, what do you what do you think of King Kong? Okay, it is very hard for me to be objective about this film because I've been watching it, albeit heavily edited. I've recently found out mm. my whole life. Um, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure if you guys are old enough to remember the wasteland that was Sunday morning television oh, uh, yeah. when I was a kid. But, you know, Saturday mornings were cartoons and, and joy and fun. And then at like 1130, you'd get kicked out of the house by your parents and then you'd <laughs> go and run around and do kid stuff all day. And then Sunday mornings were relegated to old black and white movies or church shows. Yeah. Uh, and so I've seen King Kong and Mighty Joe Young, which is a kind of a, a spiritual successor to King Kong, uh, like a thousand times. <laughs> but it wasn't until fairly recently that I've seen the whole damn movie, <laughs> because not only was it edited for to be able to squash in as many commercials as possible on your local TV stations, but there was also, a, you know, this was one of the last pre Hayes Code movies. So it was a oh, lot okay. more graphic than most pre, let's say, 80s horror films. Yeah, it surprised me when he was when he King Kong was tossing the um, the Europeans or the were they Americans or British? I don't remember. But he was tossing them off a cliff and they showed him going all the way down and just <laughs> like bouncing off the ground. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my God, this is. I mean, it wasn't even bloody or graphic. It was just more than what I expected for a 1933 movie. Yeah. Yep. And this is one of the reasons. The, the Hayes Code, which, folks, if you're not familiar with it, was a result of uh, movies being, uh, being indecent and having, like, strong women protagonists and stuff like that. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> and Next too much violence. Next thing want to vote. Exactly. Someone get me my smelling salts. <laughs> um, and the, 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 the Hayes Code was kind of a precursor to the rating system we have now. Um, but it was enacted, I think, in 1930 or maybe 1928, something like that. But it wasn't until around 1934 that it started being really enforced. Mm -hmm. So King Kong was one of the last movies to get in there to basically just do whatever the hell they wanted without uh, censorship. And yeah, it was, you know, for, for a night, you know, I mean, granted you, you were, they were just dropping dummies off <laughs> the catwalk, <laughs> right? Uh, but for, for 1933, it was pretty, pretty gruesome. And then you've got Kong stomping people into the mud and chewing oh, people yeah. up. 
And I, my favorite scene that I hadn't seen in my entire childhood was when he's in New York and he, he, he's looking for, for, uh, Ann Darrow and he, he just reaches in and grabs this poor woman out of bed, looks at her, goes, you're not the one I want. And just drops her 40 stories to the, to right. her death. Horrible. What was that? Oh my God. <laughs> this was a legit horror film. Yeah. Uh, but just, you know, we are so inured to anything less than Freddy Krueger these days or Jason or whatever that we just kind of go, Oh, isn't that quaint? Um, but I love this movie. Uh, I didn't realize until watching it today how horrible some of these characters are. Um, and I don't know whether it's intentional or whether it's it's kind of a, you know, looking at it in Trump's America kind of thing. But it really seems like the thesis of this movie is white men are the real monsters in the world. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Now, I have a question for you because you say in general you don't really like horror movies, but this is kind of a horror movie. So is there something specific about this movie that you're like, wow, this is great? Or is it just just because uh, you like it? Well, OK, here, here's the, the, the line that I draw. And this isn't like a, a, an ideological choice. This is just over the years I've learned what movies mess with me and what don't. I dig monster movies. Uh-huh. Jaws, Alien, Aliens, Kong, stuff like that, where it's completely beyond the realm of reality, I'm cool with. Uh, when it's like slasher movies or torture movies, where it's real people, quote unquote, doing horrible things to real people, that's what I don't like. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. By the way, sharks are definitely going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, but like if you watch Jaws, now granted, Jaws scared the living bejesus out of me when I was nine and forced to go watch it. Cause I, I, that, that, I had a long argument with my mother one night because I was like, I did not want to go see this movie and y'all wouldn't let me stay home because I, <laughs> I wasn't old enough. She's like, no, all you kids wanted to see it. I'm like, no, my brothers wanted to see it. <laughs> I did not want to see that movie. Moms um, have some of the most selective memory there ever was. Yeah. Traumatic. Um, Sorry about that. Sorry about your loss. <laughs> <laughs> um, but later, you know, I, as, as time went on and I learned more about sharks and, and I, you know, I, I learned to appreciate them as cre- I went from hating sharks to fearing them, to learning about them so I could avoid them. And then the more I learned about them, the more I respected them. And now I think sharks are amazing. I realized that the shark in Jaws was a classic monster because sharks don't act anything like what it did. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Plus you're just going into their house, barging around. True. Swimming. Like, I mean... What what do you if somebody barged into my house I'd be mad too I probably well, wouldn't eat them but well you know most of the time most of the time a shark attack consists of a shark going what is that can I eat it and they take a nibble but when it's a two ton great white a nibble is not an insignificant thing true <laughs> you your body true <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about the special effects and like the dinosaurs on Skull Island and like all of that movie magic because obviously looking at it from 80 years later or whenever it looks kind of silly but for that time that was like groundbreaking stuff oh yeah I think it's gorgeous I was I was watching it uh, uh, like I, I just watched it again today for for this show and I think you know, granted, stop motion is it, it has some inherent problems, um, mostly having to do with the fact that there's no motion blur. 
uh, because each movement of everything in a stop motion uh, uh, effect is a still picture. So one of the things that we associate movement with is the fact that when things move, our eyes can't focus quickly enough and there's blur. Uh, that's one of the things that Industrial Light and Magic pioneered, especially with The Empire Strikes Back, was what they called go motion, where they were able to add motion blur to the stop motion thing. So the ta- the tauntauns and the ad-ats and stuff like that look more realistic. Um, but we're talking 1933. This, this t- uh, technology was in its infancy, and Willis O'Brien uh, was in his... Oh, his assistant Buzz something or other. I can't remember his last name. Um, They were really writing the book on this stuff. And I was admiring the multi-layered shots they were doing because not only were they doing the stop motion of the animals, but also if you look at each shot, there there are foreground plates, there's the stop motion, there's background plates, there's forced perspective, there's map paintings, there's rear projection. There's, I mean, everything... Just sliding that in each, like real people exactly. trying to hide from the monsters as they're fighting and stuff. It's pretty well done. But the the one, uh, you know, aside from all of the amazing wizardry of this, something that I also didn't realize is that Ray Harryhausen had nothing to do with this movie. You're kidding me. No. I always thought it was, I mean, he's cre- he has a credit, right? No. He this does not was, have a credit. No, he saw no. this movie. And Willis O'Brien became his hero, and that's what inspired Harryhausen to go on and do the great things he did with stop motion later. No way. That's huh. amazing. That's really weird. I could have sworn we saw his name in the credits, but maybe we were just talking about him or something. But Shane, you had never seen this movie before. Tell me a couple of things that you liked or didn't like about it, or questions or comments or concerns. Well, again, this is... I should probably not be so critical, but the sound design, they didn't really figure out sound design. Now, yeah, we're only like, what, six years after... Uh, the talkies? After, yeah, well, after the, uh, jazz, the jazz singer, singer which is considered the first talkie, although there was, you know, sound. What about singing in the rain, though? What about uh, singing in the rain? We're not talking about that <laughs> ever again. <laughs> That's the best thing about finishing that podcast. I never have to talk about that again. See, Rick, he says this, but he told me just yesterday that he went to work at his new job, which he loves, and saying good morning. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. And saying good morning to one of his coworkers who sang it back to him. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's like saying like, oh, uh, you know, you shared a needle with someone, and now you picked up a, a disease. <laughs> I picked up a disease. I don't even. I got in. So, I, oh I got God. infected by this song, and you're like, "Oh, you must like it." No, <laughs> no, I caught this song. Like you catch the flu. <laughs> it's like Baby Shark. Just because it's in the head doesn't mean you like it. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Getting go, back to the movie. Go ahead. Okay, so. <laughs> We'll get to racism in a second, I bet. But I'm just wondering this. Why does Kong want Anne Darrow? Or any beautiful woman? He can't, you know, like, do anything with her. You know, he can't copulate with her. She's clearly terrified of him. The only thing I can figure that it's like the dragon who's, like, not only huge and powerful... 
but also like illogically greedy, like a dragon sits on a pile of gold that, you know, dragons can't go out and buy stuff, you know, but they're always sitting on a pile <laughs> of gold that they can't do anything with. Right. So it's almost like, I guess what, is Kong trying to, are they trying to, is he like a, like he a symbol in- for, you know. For- he fell in love. That's, that's the, you know, I, I was watching this. And I was thinking think to myself, of it as a love story. If every every sacrifice that the the uh, the 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 natives of Skull Island give to Kong, which was, you know, some poor fourteen year old girl, yeah. obviously he must have killed. But then the gorgeous white woman steals his heart. You know, this is. Yeah. Have you seen Tarzan movies? Yeah. Oh the yeah, we need the, the the white savior situation. Yeah. <laughs> The the vibe that I get from King Kong in this particular aspect is that he's supposed to represent the, and I don't believe this, but this is how they portrayed it, was the hypersexualized, threatening black man coming to take away the virginal white woman who mm. wore white the whole time, by the way, and did not get dirty on that ship, which I call shenanigans on that right now because i have uh, worn white before and that no they were on I've that s- boat forever I've, I've seen that theory um and i've also seen that the the filmmakers utterly refuted it and i kind of believe them i think that's putting a little more thought into this film than anybody did <laughs> right but i mean to me it's also like so ingrained in the culture like they could say, "Oh no, that's not what we were thinking. We didn't mean it that way," but it still comes across that right, across well, that way to certain people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I and I don't I don't doubt it. But if you if you read any of the background on uh, the director's uh, Marion Cooper's vision of the film, he became entranced with gorillas. Uh, years before this film was made. Uh, and he kept wanting to come up with a, 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 a way to make gorillas and Komodo dragons fight in a film. Oh my God. <laughs> that is and, like the greatest dream I've ever heard. <laughs> it's good to have goals. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the seed for this. And then the rest of the story kind of got built around it to turn it into a movie instead of just, Let's have a gorilla and a giant lizard fight, which we got with the with when Kong fights the T Rex. <laughs> right. I also I was kind of looking this up to see like um, you know what people because there were three different King Kong movies. There was one in 1976, and then there was one that Peter Jackson did in 2005. And um, this article I found in Vanity Fair said that the film can also be read as an anti-colonialist allegory in which Kong is actually a proud and untamed indigenous warrior, a king and a free soul in his own world, who is captured, kidnapped, taken in shackles across the ocean, and forced to put on a show for the amusement of debauched white people. No wonder he rebels so righteously. So, like... Again, I I think that's way more thought than anyone ever put into this movie. (laughs) that made it <laughs> well this might be a, a matter of like you know once you put out in the 
um, once you put art into the world, we get to we as the viewer get to make of it what we want. You know. Yeah. That's true. Um, I mean, but, yes, yeah, this, Colleen, go ahead. This movie is unbelievably racist and misogynist. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's it, it it's probably unintended thesis is that white men suck. Um, <laughs> but I really don't think it went any deeper than that. Then, you know, kind of it's kind of like Frankenstein, uh, you know, the. If Carl Denham had never gone to Skull, to Skull Island, uh-huh. uh, none of this would have happened. And when they get there, the white men just assume that they can do whatever they want. They kill everything. They they blast through everything. They destroy the natives' lifestyle. Uh, you know, regardless of what you think of it, whether making sacrifices or not, you know, whatever. It it's not even that that you know, Captain Kirk, you're 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 your society is terrible and we've got to ruin it for the best of you, you know, for the, mm. <laughs> for your own good sort of thing. It's just mm. screw this. We want the ape. Let's go. Um, right. And he gets half the boat, you know, half the ship's crew killed and how many natives get killed and then how many people in New York get killed. And he walks away from it, you know, without a scratch. Yeah. You know, I was honestly surprised when, when like it was clear to everyone around that, that, uh, that Carl Denham was, you know, responsible for this i expected him to get arrested no and in fact there's a sequel where oh it was called it's called son of kong god i haven't seen it in at least 30 years so i don't remember what the plot is (laughs) um does he climb the world trade center is that no that's later (laughs) that's later okay (laughs) that's the 76 remake ah oh that was terrible that was um (laughs) oh yeah that was awful Uh, but yeah, it, it starts off with Carl Denham kind of, he's broke and he needs, he needs another hit. And, and I think he hears that there's another ape on Skull Island or something. Oh, gee, that's that's original. Yeah. (laughs) If it took them so long to get to Skull Island, how did they, how did they transport King Kong back to New York? Like, do you have they enough have to, sedatives to have, keep him? And what about food? He's going to die. They have to go all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. I have so many questions about it. It was a jump and, cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fought T-Rexes, and we're not worried about where the T-Rex came from. <laughs> I, was, I had forgotten that there were dinosaurs there, and I'm like, is that some kind of mythical? No, it's a stegosaurus. Yep, sure is a yep. stegosaurus right there. You know, it's funny. I saw in like Best Buy or whatever, they were demonstrating one of those 4K televisions and it was like this enormous wall sized TV. Mm-hmm. And they had a little clip from some version of King Kong where he's fighting a T-Rex, you know, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, that's silly. King Kong is <laughs> fighting a T-Rex. They just <laughs> did this. This is silly. And I'm like, oh, the X, that's actually from the movie. Um, yeah, I, I, it's never bothered me before, but watching it today, I was like, wait a minute, the Stegosaurus is a harmless herbivore. Why are you killing it? Because um, he can. Exactly. And it was the same with the, with the, the Brontosaurus. Um, <laughs> now granted it was being a lot more aggressive, but still there was no need, you know, for it, it, it most of the time I was like, okay, it's just grabbing these guys and throwing them around. But then there was one time it definitely ate a dude. And I'm like, Brontosaurus was an herbivore guy. 
That's wild. Now you know what impre- what what I found interesting, and I I I I wrote it down just because it was fascinating. Forty six minutes forty nine seconds before we see Kong. Oh yeah, I have that too. I we skipped over that. Yeah, that that's sort of like a. Um, it's almost the exact same time as Jaws. You don't see the the shark until in the forty minute. You know. Oh within. wow. Yeah. I wonder when, because like in Jaws, his presence or her presence, because who I can't remember if she had babies <laughs> or not, um, is felt right away at the very beginning of the movie. You just don't see Jaws. Right. Right. But you see, you see the, the things it's causing, but not the actual. So I wonder when the first time it was like, well, we know of this creature that lives on this island and it's dangerous. Like, because I know they said that before they actually went to the island, right? But kind mm. of that same sort of, um, we're aware of it, but we haven't seen it yet, kind right. of thing. You know? Hmm. Yeah. What else do y'all have to talk about? Okay, listen, I got something. Okay. I was sitting watching this. I'm might not. I'm sure I'm not the first person to realize this. But I'm just like, hey, wait a minute. Okay. So all the islanders, forget about the white people. All the island all the islanders want to confine the creatures behind this big wall, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, build a big wall. Why put a giant door in that <laughs> wall? You just need a little door for you to put your human sacrifices in and then run the hell out of there. That's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> they should never have put a door. Oh my gosh, he's coming out. Don't don't put the door there and they'll stay inside. <laughs> um hang on, yes. I'm trying to I'm Sorry. trying to find it. That wall was was a set left over from another film. Oh no way. Um it just happened. It was also on Skull Island. They went all the way up. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, the jungle scenes were filmed. Oh no, wait. The the most dangerous game. No, there was no. What was it? I read it on Wikipedia, which of course means it's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That's that's kind of silly. Why why build a door big enough to let the thing you're trying to keep out <laughs> come in if it wants they should, to? They should have to dynamite the door to get Kong out. Right. A good excuse for an explosion in a movie like this. There's no explosions, right? Uh, oh, yeah, they did have explosives. Well, there's gas bombs. Oh, well, I guess they um, they just shoot. Anyway, are there explosives? Well, the, the gas bombs, they blow up. But Yeah. Also, what keeps the dinosaurs and King Kong from jumping into the ocean and swimming around the wall? Or just... Well, it's a high cliff. Maybe they, uh, um, maybe they're afraid to. They're not cliff divers. <laughs> well, I guess maybe that's why they keep giving him a, a young girl every now and then, because that makes him happy and he leaves him alone. The the dinosaurs don't seem to give a darn. Um, yeah, there's aspects of this film that don't bear too close, <laughs> close too close examination. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an excuse for to so, fulfill a wish. Um, a wish dream. Now, you know something I learned today for the first time? I had always assumed this was Fay Ray's first movie, but it was not by a long shot. Oh, I did too. Um, she had quite a resume before this film, and she was also a silent film star, which explains a lot of her expressions. Um, yes, that does. But she was quite pretty. She had a good True. scream, too. Did they? Oh, they reused that scream so many times. Yeah. So I'm getting so old. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was like, all right, we get it. She's scared. Nobody's going to scream that much. We can stop. (laughs) And I was like, I was, especially the scenes where Kong's got her in her hand and she's dangling out like 400 feet above the New York street. And she's like pushing on his fingers. Like, do you really want him to let go right now? Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe just hold tight for a sec. (laughs) You know what? There was a, there was almost, not almost. There was a sweetness in in Kong's face, like just the the way they were able to make this thing emote. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was like you could see like worry and you know frustration and there was a whole range of emotions. It was actually it was actually well done. Now I was curious, and I I haven't found anything, but uh, denim was creepy as AF. <laughs> and I was wondering how it's he true. was received in 1933 if he came off as a creeper or just as a bloke who was looking for a dame for his movie. Um, oh, yeah. Like he stopped outside that women's shelter or whatever. Oh, it's oh, horrible. I was like, oh, my God, he's just going to like grab one of these women and doesn't even matter if she died. Like I knew I knew what was going to happen in the movie, but I was still like, this is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah, I was I was really relieved when he did. I was like, a woman store? Seriously? Is that where we're going with it? <laughs> woman oh, store? God. Good lord. <laughs> and then of course we have uh what what was his name? Charlie, the cook on the boat. Oh my god. Oh racism. Um, every Chinese stereotype that could be done was done. Yeah, all crammed into one character. Indeed. Uh. I was also curious if uh, if like a tobacco company was one of the investors in the film, because <laughs> especially that scene in the captain's office with the with the agent and Denim and the captain and Driscoll and like everybody smoking something different. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> it was like I a pipe and a cigarette smoked, and, a t- yeah. and a cigar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did not notice that. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's still I'm, it, it's still so weird to see. Especially if it's someone you're supposed to relate to. It's it's one thing, like, now smoking is used as, like, the bad guy's smoking. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I'm confused. I'm supposed to like this guy? And you're showing me, <laughs> you're showing him sm- smoking? Well, have, have, I, I don't, I don't recall uh, your, 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 uh, all of the films to date. Have you all seen The Day the Earth Stood Still? Um, we haven't I... watched it for the podcast because I think we've both seen it, okay. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, we did the, the, I, I have the, the, I, I own it because, you know, of course I do. <laughs> but, Not um, we did, uh, one of the early episodes of Starbase 66. We did a, a show about the day the earth stood still. Uh, and there's a scene where Klaatu is first seen by the doctors when he, after he gets shot. And the scene opens with the doctor coming out of Klaatu's bedroom uh, uh, hospital room and he closes the door and he's talking to, to some other people and the first thing he does when he enters the room is lights up a cigarette weird wow oh and yeah like, there were those there were those ads from like the 50s was it the 50s like four out of five doctors oh uh, yeah recommend yeah. chesterfields or whatever there's flintstones com- uh, cigarette ads and and uh, i think there were even star trek cigarette ads oh so really yeah wow. so weird well i mean i guess Technically, I guess it wasn't what was it? They didn't it was, know. They it didn't was suspected, know. but not really known that it caused. I mean, cancer. I'm sure the tobacco companies knew and just didn't tell anybody. But yeah, so it was mm-hmm. in vogue. Mm-hmm. 
Do y'all have and, other items before the Bechtel test? Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm, it sounded like you had more. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just, Driscoll was such an idiot, and I, I just didn't understand why. When he finally rescues Andero from the cliff that Kong is on, instead of going back into the cave while Kong is fighting the Pteranodon, he decides to climb down a freaking vine off the cliff. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where. Well, would it have been too? Would it have been too difficult technically to? <laughs> no, I guess he could have. Well, I guess it's more. Is it more dynamic? I don't know. I'm trying to make an excuse. I can't. Come I, up yeah, with it. I don't know. Well, it's it's like you said earlier. There were a lot of scenes that didn't necessarily uh, move the plot along, but it was kind of like with 2001, in that you know this was groundbreaking stuff, and yeah. so while watching a giant ape and a giant lizard or or plesiosaur or pteranodon or whatever uh fight is kind of old hat to us now yeah back then no one had ever seen anything like that so it while it didn't necessarily do much for the plot it was exciting to watch and i still think it was fun to watch um i thought that thing was a snake until he killed it and then i realized oh wait that's a ple- it's got feet cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought it was like a loch ness kind of situation. yeah that's what i thought it was like a loch ness monster so Beck Dillaway, it ought to, that ought to take about two seconds. <laughs> fail, fail, fail. <laughs> and Darrow is the only named female character. There she are plenty of screamers in New York and in in uh, on Skull Island, but nobody else was named, and she did not talk to anybody except the men on the boat. Not I don't even, think she didn't. She didn't speak to any of the other women in the in the ladies' store. <laughs> she wasn't in the women's store. He found her in some. <laughs> cafe where she was like trying to rob somebody or something i don't well, remember she, she was trying to take an apple from an apple cart and uh, oh, oh that's, that's right. right and then he took her to to, to dinner and and then uh hijacked her propositioned her from what she understood at first yeah i guess that was okay in 1933 anyway oh, and, while, and while we're talking about uh the the women in this i i <laughs> i, I was really just kept reminding myself, okay, this is 1933. This is 1933 for all of the natives. <laughs> oh, God. But when the Kong... The natives. Yeah. were extra racist. When Kong breaks into the village and there's all the pandemonium, and then there's that one shot of the heavy African-American woman literally wearing a coconut bra. Oh, oh that's right. Goodness, I, I forgot about that. that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> oh, 1933. Yeah, it was. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> so yes, it fails. There wasn't even another woman in there. I don't think who wasn't just an extra who was screaming and running away. Um, are there any pop culture references you now understand, Shane? Well, I I feel like. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like those big gates that I hated, uh, the design of them looked a little bit like the doors in Jurassic Park. They I, did. That was I intentional, feel, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was. Okay. I mean, after the I'm like, hey, that's like. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously, King Kong is obviously referenced, you know, in everything. You know, everything True. from the 80s. It seems, you know, like Spielberg. Huge fan, you know. There's an Archer reference too, you know. Is there? Yeah, when um, when Archer is supposed to be B- 
babysitting his own child. Mm-hmm. And um, that guy, uh, Slater, brings the guy over there to um, hold him up. Yeah. And when they get to ISIS... Uh... Baby! What the heck's going on? Well, you don't see that every day. I didn't even see it today. Wait, 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 wait! So here's the thing, Farouk. I don't know about any stories, but whatever badass shit that you heard I did, you really need some context, because pretty much my whole life, pretty much right up until this minute, my default setting has been half-ass. But that was before I had a child. A child you threatened to harm. A child, I just realized, who's probably on her way up to the roof, so Aunt Pam can swat at biplanes. Wait, what the hell am I doing? The roof's the first place they'll look. Can I, can I, 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 I meant to, to clarify this earlier, um, but just for anyone who's wondering what the hell I was doing when you introduced me and I said, Ooga Booga Mooga Kong, um, and this is kind of relevant because Mad Magazine just put out their last issue a couple of weeks oh, ago as we were recording, um, the Mad version of King Kong, and I think it was probably them spoofing the 76 version. Um, because I doubt, I don't think I was around for them making fun of the 90, <laughs> 33 version. If they did, <laughs> um, that was what they had the natives singing, chanting when, when, and you know, it, uh. I remember, you know, I collected mad magazines and, and cracked magazines when I was a kid. I don't, you guys probably never even saw a cracked magazine. Oh, I love, I love both of them. When I oh, okay. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't know how long ago cracked start, stopped doing, uh, physical magazines but anyway um that was the the you know it's like there's things that stick in your head like mad did a a, a star wars musical and i can remember some of the lyrics for the songs from the star wars musical i mean it was all on print you didn't that. hear it but um and i just right, remember, they'll go to the theme of whatever and then exactly. you're reading you're like oh okay i get it yep <laughs> Uh, you know, like R2, they did us, I don't even remember what the song was about, but it was to the, we're off to see the wizard. And I remember R2 going tweedle deep, de tweedle de boo. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but in the, in the, in the King Kong spoof, the natives were all going ooga booga mooga Kong. And, uh, so. <laughs> um, so I think this might be in the same way of 2001, a space odyssey, but how would the movie be different with today's technology? You can see it. Obviously, Peter Jackson did it. <laughs> right. I was right. going to say, obviously, there's a 1976 version and the 2005 version. Um, but in mentioning 2001, I was going to say, um, like, last time we had kind of talked about it, it was so groundbreaking for that time. You really couldn't remake it with today's technology. It would be beside the point. Um, so I was wondering if y'all think that's the same for king kong where what they did in that movie was so groundbreaking why even bother to even like just the content not necessarily the movie making itself yeah i mean i gotta tell you after seeing this i'm not i don't i don't care about seeing peter jackson's (laughs) version of it i'm really not rick what do you think about peter jackson's version uh i i yeah oh yeah yeah i saw it i saw it in the cinema when it came out because you know i've been a i've been a kong fan all my life uh warts and all um i didn't notice the warts as much <laughs> in early years as i do now but right. i think the you know the the basic story is sound which is 
you know, don't mess with stuff you're not meant to. You know, if right. Kong had been left alone, nobody would be dead. Well, aside from the occasional 17-year-old on the island. But, right. um, you know, that's been going on since humans existed. You know, they've been chucking poor, hapless people into volcanoes forever. Um, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that that story needs to be told again. Uh, Jackson's film is gorgeous. It's well done. Every frame is a love letter to the original. It's also about half an hour longer than it needs to be. And if you are not a fan of Kong, you will be bored senseless. <laughs> uh, I am a fan of Kong and I barely got through it. So, you know, it's, it, it's got some, some great things about it. Jack Black is wonderful as Carl Denham. Uh, you get to see Andy Serkis as Andy Serkis for a change instead of being a motion capture character. Oh, he doesn't dress up like Kong. <laughs> well, no, he does Kong <laughs> too, motion. but he's also oh, he in does. the film. Okay, yeah. good. Oh, I um, forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I didn't mean actually dress up like Kong. I hope that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he did the motion capture for Kong. Okay, um, but he's also in the film just as himself as one of the sailors that gets killed in a really horrible way. No, that's cool. Spoiler, folks. <laughs> Um, but it was, you know, as much as any film is necessary, uh, it really didn't do anything to, to, you know, to bring anything new to the, to the film. It was just kind of like, oh, wow, that's what it would look like with better effects. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've seen it done with modern effects and there's no improvement on it. Gotcha. Well, do y'all have anything else you'd like to add on? You always have one more thing. One last thing. Yes. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, is the founder and discoverer of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network, uh, Sean Ray, related to Fay Ray? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Great, great grandma. Uh, report Faye. back to us, Sean. Let yeah. us know. Thank you. Yeah, let me send him a text to see if he. (laughs) (laughs) We got an answer. Not that I'm aware of. Our branches probably brushed together somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's disappointing. (laughs) Rick, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, we have. We have given this movie some some crap, which it deserved. Um, you know, I think that there is something to be said for viewing films in the context of the time that they're made. Sure. Uh, I think this movie could have been a lot worse with some of the, uh, especially with the racism, uh, you know, the, the, at at the very least, the, the, the natives were not overly done caricatures. I'm not saying that they were in any way sensitive, but they could have been a lot worse. Um, and you know the chinese cook yeah that was terrible um but i think if you can understand the time it was made in and kind of overlook that stuff i think this is this is justifiably a classic if if only for the for the special effects for what it did for uh the you know what would it, it laid the groundwork for you know like we like we said ray harryhausen was inspired by this and then we had movies like the seventh voyage of Sinbad and, and Sinbad and the, and the eye of the tiger, eye of the tiger. 
Yeah, and the Golden Void, you know, all of those things and, and uh, you know, Clash of the flying, Titans. The, flying carpets and whatnot. Exactly, exactly. Um, so while, and yes, you know, I, I am not in any way apologizing for the horrible misogyny that's, and it's not even hinted at, I hate women. I don't want <laughs> women on my ship. Why would I want women in my movie? What the hell do you think is wrong with me? You know, and I'm like, holy bleep what the hell is wrong with these guys <laughs> um yeah. so but then you you know then you get Faye ray in there and she's amazing uh there are times when she actually gets to act instead of just screaming um right you know i i think despite the negatives of this film i think there there's a lot of of good and a lot a lot that's worth seeing in this movie so if you haven't seen it if you only know it by reputation um, it's not like you're going to sit there going, Oh geez, this is painful to watch. And it's not a, a hard slog like 2001 was. Uh, yeah. I think it's a very well-paced, well-done film. That's got some unfortunate bits in it as a result of when it was made. But, uh, I think there's a, there's a lot to be gained, you know, a, a lot of, of enjoyment still in the movie. Yeah. Agreed. Yes, I agree. It is very important in the special effects department. Anything else, gentlemen? Nope. Nope. Um, well, Rick, why don't you tell everybody where uh, they can find you? Oh, I'm all over the internet. Just whistle, I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can you can hear me on uh, Starbase: The Next Generation, or Infinite Diversity, or Open the Iris. Uh, just go to iTunes and and put those keywords in, and I'll show up. Uh, or if you want to just talk to me directly, go to. Uh, uh, what's the Twitter? That's the word. <laughs> and uh, I am Admiral Marius, which is A D M M A R I U S on Twitter. And I love to just BS about anything. Where does the Marius come from? Uh, okay. A long time ago, when the internet was brand new, uh, mm-hmm. a friend of mine was writing fan fiction for, of all things, uh, Due North. Was that Due the. North. I don't think I'm the, familiar with that. I think that's what it was called. It was the, the Canadian Mountie who came to New York to be a cop or something like that. Northern Exposure. That's what it was. Not, not, not. Oh. And she asked me to be her beta reader. And it was slash fic, which if you don't know what that is, look it up. I'm not going to go into it. Um, and so I, for, I, I am a big fan of Anne Rice's vampire novels. And my favorite vampire in her novels is Marius. Uh, and so I adopted Marius as my screen name for, for the beta reading. And then it was just like, okay, everyone in the world has a screen name, so that'll be mine. And then many years later, when I got involved in a, an online forum, uh, I needed a screen name and I tried Marius and it was already taken. Because I guess there was there was a dude from the Netherlands who had it, which was actually his name, so I really couldn't complain. Uh, and I <laughs> and I had just finished taking one of those "What rank are you in Star Trek?" quizzes that was online, uh-huh. and it gave me Admiral, so I picked Admiral Naturally. Marius, and that went through. And that's that. You know, the rest is history. That's very interesting. I I don't think I'd ever ask you that before. I assumed it was some Star Trek reference that I didn't know. <laughs> Most people assume it's from Les Mis when they, uh, but because uh, Marius is a character in Les Miserables as well. But uh, mm. nope, it's a vampire. <laughs> so, Admiral Marius on Twitter, 
For us, you can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And we're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. You can find a lot of other great shows there. So check those out. As for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Wonder Woman. There's nothing she can't do. Make a honk a dove. Stop a war with love. Okay, okay. Save time for that episode. Make a lie or tell the truth. We're watching the TV show, not the movie. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I can tell. I have the box set. It's awesome. Oh my Are you going to say thanks for listening? I like to look at her awkwardly for a second before I go, thanks for listening. 